0: Hell Yes Life, episode four. You know, I looked back all those years before at that day that I gave that speech and that hell yes year that I had had because of that day. And I thought to myself, I want that again. I I want to have a hell yes moment like that. I want to have a hell yes day. I want to have a hell yes year. Heck, let's go big. I want to have a hell yes life. Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, the show that helps you come alive so you can live a hell yes life. I'm your host, Norman Bell. It was the end of my junior year. I was in physics class sitting near the back and there was this clipboard that was going around and the clipboard was for people who wanted to sign up to be uh, in the um, upcoming student body elections. There was a sen- senior class elections, and I had never thought about doing something like that before, and I had never desired to do that. And yet, the clipboard made its way around the class, and then it came to me, and I took the pen and I signed up, and then I passed the clipboard forward. Sometimes it's small actions that lead to big results. Now, I didn't sign up to run for president of the senior class, or vice president, or treasurer, or secretary for that matter. Now, I I thought maybe I would have a better chance of winning this kind of obscure position that was called the board of control. And now if I look back on that, it kind of makes me think of something out of a George Orwell novel, the board of control. But it really was just, you know, there was two BOC positions as they were called. And they were really just kind of like the two extra people on the student council with no real definition as to what, the heck they do. <laughs> but anyway, so I decided to run for that position, which was, you know, a big, big enough step as it was. And I thought I would have a better chance of winning that position. But that strategy kind of backfired because only two or three people ran for all the other positions and about eight or nine people ended up running for the two BOC positions. So anyway, so we, as candidates, we had to um, we had, there was an election week and we had to campaign. So I, um, had to come up with a slogan for my campaign and I don't know exactly where this came from, but there was two words that appeared in my mind for my campaign slogan. And those two words were hell yes. Hell yes. I could even picture it in my mind with flames behind it. Hell Yes. And I decided to make that the campaign slogan that I ran on. Hell yes, vote for Norm. This was completely outside of my usual uh, way of being in high school. I was pretty unassuming. I had my friends. I ran cross country and had my little group of friends there. But uh, I was certainly not a, uh, you know, big man on campus. Let's just say that. But... Nevertheless, I ran with this slogan, Hell Yes, Vote for Norm. And, and all during that week, I put up, um, I handed out these uh, Hell Yes, Vote for Norm stickers to everyone. And I can remember my mom, actually, who was a staunch Roman Catholic. And so it's surprising to remember this, but I can remember her helping me put together my Hell Yes campaign posters that I hung in the hallways at school and she didn't seem to have a problem with it. Hell yes. Um so at the end of election week there was a uh, an assembly for the uh, the the junior class, the class that would be seniors the, the following year. And at the assembly, the candidates needed to give speeches. Now, most people that were running for office, they gave pretty run of the mill speeches. You know, there was a, another guy that I can think of, Chris, who was running for the, the BOC. He was a pretty popular guy, and you know, he didn't really prepare very much. He just went up and was like, hey, my name's Chris. I know you. You know me. I'm cool. You're cool. So vote for me. My name's Chris. All right. Peace out. And a lot of the speeches were kind of like this. Well, I decided to do something a little above and beyond that. My friend Mitch and I went out the, uh, the week before and he had this slide camera and we just went out and took a bunch of goofy pictures of me. Not, I don't think even knowing exactly what we were going to do with them. For example, one picture was me lying on my back in, on his pickleball ball court in his backyard with, uh, his sister's tutu on my head looking like a, you know, a, a passed out wasteoid. So anyway, I took those pictures and I strung them together into a, kind of a funny story about how I used to be a loser and a wasteoid and how I'd clean myself up to come on down here and run for the BOC position. And hell yes, you should vote for Norm. Well, the, uh, I, it was my turn to do my speech and uh, the uh, lights go out because, uh, you know, I was doing a slideshow. And everybody goes crazy. <laughs> Not because of anything I had done, but just because uh, the lights went out. And, hey, they were teenagers. Like, yeah, the lights went out. Yeah. So then I get going with my slideshow. The first slide comes up, second slide, third slide. go. Everything's going pretty well. But then the fourth slide comes up, upside down. And I'm thinking, okay, well, hopefully that's just uh, – you know, an aberration here. Let's keep going. But then the next slide comes up upside down and the next slide and the next slide after that. And I don't think anybody would have blamed me if at that point I would have just melted into the ground or said, you know what? Forget hell yes, hell no, hell no. Just turn on the lights. Let's just forget about this. All right. But I didn't do that. And I didn't do that because I had come alive Public speaking, as it turned out, was one of my hell yeses, one of my big hell yeses. And I was in flow. Do you know that feeling when you're doing something that feels that it comes naturally to you and you're really in, in your passion? You're just in that flow state. And so I just rolled with it. I I just said to the audience, well, look, looks like the slides are coming up upside down. Let's, let's, uh, let's just roll with it. And I look back. And everybody had turned their heads upside down so they could see the slides. And I just knew that they they were with me. They were with me because I was with me. And so I just went on and did the rest of the speech. And when I was I got to the last uh, slide, and before I put up the last slide, I said, okay, well, on the count of three, if you want to vote for me, yell hell yes. I said, one, two, three. And the whole place went, Oh, and I fell about 10 feet tall at that moment. i uh, That was the the moment that I fell in love with public speaking. And for the rest of that day, I was on cloud nine. You know, I was just walking around and people were coming up to me saying, wow, great speech, Norm. Hell yes, way to go. You could have won the presidency with that one. And at the end of the day, I did find out that I won the position by a landslide. And by doing that, I ended up, having a hell yes year. My senior year was really a hell yes year because I had the opportunity on that day to really come out in a way as this goofy, creative, bold person that nobody knew me as because I didn't show up that way. And because I showed up that way that day, people reacted to me that way. And so the next year I just felt that much more confident and, and stepping into being involved in um, in my community there in high school. And so I was on the annual staff and I helped plan the prom and uh, we had this Mr. Newport contest and uh, just all, all this stuff, you know, I felt um, seen and heard and, um, and also of service in my community. And it was great. It was great. And I wish I could say that that was the end of the story or that, after I graduated from high school that things just kept getting better and better. And it was just like a, uh, you know, a, on the graph just from the bottom left to the top, right, just better and better and better. And I became a world famous public speaker on the level of Tony Robbins making millions of dollars every year. But that's not how it went for me. After high school, I went to college at the University of Washington, and I lost myself again. I tried to find community in different places. I tried the fraternity, and that was kind of a misbegotten adventure. I tried the dorms and didn't really find my place there either, and I just started to close up again. I lost my hell yes. I had one adventure in the middle of my college days between my sophomore and junior year where I went down to California, Southern California, and ended up working at Disneyland and living with a bunch of friendly surfer pot dealer dudes. (laughs) And that was kind of a hell yes travel adventure, maybe one of my first uh, travel adventures. And that was a hell yes moment. But then I came back from that trip and, again, just couldn't find myself, couldn't really find my place at uh, university life and in in the university. And by the end of my time at the university, by my senior year in college, I started to experience clinical depression. And I didn't know, I didn't know it as, as that at the time. I didn't know what was happening to me, but I just started um, not being able to sleep. And my appetite was really low. And so I was tired all the time. I was scared all the time. And I was depressed. I was depressed. But I, I didn't know exactly what was going on. And this went on for a few months during my senior year. And then I, I came out of it. And I was just like, "Wow, glad glad that's over." But the next fall, the fall after I graduated, it came back, and I went back into another depression, and this time it was even deeper. And I started to have suicidal thoughts. And then on one day, on the morning of October twenty second, nineteen ninety three, it was about a week after my twenty second birthday. I snuck out of my parents' house where I had been living at the time and I pulled out of the driveway in my beat up silver Mazda truck and I drove off. And I thought that that would be the last time I would ever see my parents. An hour later, I'm in the woods down by a creek with a bottle of sleeping pills in one hand and a bottle of Jack Daniels in the other. I take about 10 sleeping pills and I wash it down with a, a gulp of Jack Daniels. And then I immediately try to cough it up. I'm like, <laughs> I, I realize I don't want to die. I just want to feel alive again. I want to come alive. Well, I went home that day and it took a long time, but I eventually got better. I didn't feel ready to jump into a career job once I was starting to feel better. So I started working with kids for a while. I worked at a few preschools as a teacher's assistant. And I learned a lot about life through working with Three to five year old kids, believe me. And I'll share about that more another time. Then, after a while, I'd been, you know, depression free for a while. I started to get confident enough to get out there and, and go traveling. And in 1997, I went to Juneau, Alaska for six months, which was amazing. I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful place. And then, after that, I ended up uh, going to Northern Japan to teach English and Japan, it just, it's just blows you out of the water. It's just so different from, um, anything that I had, it was so different from anything that I had experienced, um, that it, it just enchanted me for a while. And then after that, I ended up, uh, moving to Barcelona, Spain. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Barcelona, but I would highly recommend it if you had not if you have not. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and, and I had the privilege of living there for five years. And, and during that time, I got to travel a lot. I traveled around Europe. I went to Tunisia. I went with a couple of friends. We went to Peru and Bolivia and hiked through the Andes Mountains. I went all over Spain. And I met a lot of great people from all over the world. That was definitely a hell yes period in my life. But I continued to experience depressive episodes. uh, You know, even throughout that time when I was traveling. And there was one time, it must've been the umpteenth time, uh, eighth time or something that I was experiencing this. And I thought to myself, I think I need to do something different. (laughs) Uh, And I had heard that there was a Zen dojo uh, down the street from where I was living in uh, Barcelona. And this is like a a little place where you can go and, and meditate. So I went and meditated for the first time in 2003. And I remember sitting there and having all these, you know, I was depressed. So I was having all these dark thoughts coming up. And and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to sit here. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here with these thoughts. And one thing that happened when I started to meditate, and then after that, I I found uh, the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, um, I'm hoping that you have heard of that. And if you haven't, please, please go check it out. It's uh, instrumental, uh, book for me. Um, I, I, I read that and I started meditating. I actually went to a Zen retreat, uh, while I was in Spain and I started to be able to make this crucial distinction between being my thoughts and seeing my thoughts. So I started to see that, oh, wait, there's a little space here. I don't necessarily need to uh, be all of these negative thoughts. I can, I can, uh, there's some space around that. I'm not my thoughts. That's an amazing discovery that I hope that you found. (laughs) Um, And so then I came home that Christmas of 2003 and I had really not thought of coming back to the United States. I was pretty happy in Barcelona, but For some reason that year, I decided to look up some old friends uh, from high school and college and post-college days. And one of those friends was a woman I had known named Zoe, Z-O-E. It's like Zoe, but she pronounces it Zoe. And I really didn't even know if we were going to have anything to say to each other. But I, you know, uh, called her up and we arranged to meet for coffee and we went to meet at the uh, Cafe Vita up on Capitol Hill here in Seattle. And we just, it was like, bring, um, you know, it was kind of like a magical uh, moment for, for both of us. We had known each other seven years before, before I had gone traveling, but we had been fr- pretty much just friends at that time for a year and a half. And then we had parted ways and uh, it was almost like we were both, um, bottles of fine wine that had aged <laughs> to the right, um, uh, whatever to, 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 you know, really appreciate each other. And so anyway, we, um, had a great day that day. We, you know, we went from coffee to Mexican food and then we went to see a movie together, bad Santa. Actually, that was our, our first date movie. <laughs> uh, it was a funny one. And uh, then I went back to Spain, but we kept in touch and then, Eventually I came home about four months later, I came back, uh, to Seattle and lucky, lucky for me, luckily for me, uh, Zoe was already involved in a lot of personal growth, um, activities. A lot of, she had done a lot of work on herself and she was involved in recovery. And so she introduced me to, um, to recovery and a lot of other personal growth tools. And so began that leg of my journey, which was a journey inward. Um, you know, all this time that I had been uh, traveling abroad had been awesome, but I also, in some sense, had been running for myself for a bit. And now it was time to face the old wounds that had caused a lot of uh, had been the the um, uh, you know, the reason behind a lot of the depression I was experiencing. And so, you know, long story short, I've spent the past 13 years uh, really working on myself um, in in a variety of different ways. And I'll talk more about those in, in different episodes. But um, I have been depression-free for 13 years. So after going through it year after year for about um, eight years, I have now been depression-free for 13 years. So um, it was really, you know, it's like, they say that some someday you'll, you'll, um, you'll be grateful for the challenges you faced in life. And I don't know if I would say, Oh yeah, I, I love going through depression. No, I wouldn't say that, but I am grateful for what, um, that depression forced me to kind of move towards, which is, um, you know, a better life. So that was great, but the next kind of battle that I faced or the next, um, area that I, um, was a challenge for me was my career, you know? So I was depression free. I was working on myself, but I kept taking these jobs that I just didn't feel passionately about. And I started to feel resentful towards those jobs because they just weren't giving me what I was looking for. And, um, so, and I, I, struggled a lot in these jobs and I got laid off and I kept, you know, I kept kind of going back, uh, to the, um, back to the trough, uh, for more and more of these jobs. But, um, you know, I kept kind of ending up in the same place. And yet during this time, I would also keep pondering about like, well, what is my passion? What is the thing that I, I want to do? And there was two words that kept coming back to me. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. You know, I looked back all those years before at that day that I gave that speech and that hell yes year that I had had because of that day. And I thought to myself, I want that again. I want to have a hell yes moment like that. I want to have a hell yes day. I want to have a hell yes year. Heck, let's go big. I want to have a hell yes life. And so that is where the name of this podcast comes from. Hell yes life. So thank you for listening to my story. And hopefully it helps you understand on a slightly more deep, uh, you know, a deeper level. Uh, what this podcast is about okay but before we go let me say let's say it together on the count of three we're gonna say hell yes okay one two three hell yes all right let's do this thanks for joining me for this episode of the hell yes life podcast You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.